When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wood's got around the back, and Richie Wood has done it again! The Magic Man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Hello, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk, and it's those episodes we love. It's a 4-0 victory in the championship. <laughs> Uh, for the first time since that MK Dons game uh, all them years ago. Um, biggest win under Paul Warren in the Championship. Yeah, plenty to cover. Uh, we also got a preview to do later on. We'll do that as well. Uh, Mick, how are we doing on this lovely uh, hot summer's day? All good, mate. All good. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Loving weather. Three points in bag. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't argue with that. Danny, had a good weekend, mate. Yeah, very good weekend. Very, very good weekend. I'm one happy bunny on to Sunday. <laughs> and then on to Preston yeah. on Tuesday. But we'll have a look at that later on. Yeah, we'll be joined by the Deepdale Digest at about half past the episode. I like um, the name of that. That's good. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> They've got a couple of good ones. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got loads of people with us. Gav Grundy's with us. S64 Miller's with us, who joined us on the instant reaction video, which we're going to mention in a minute. Uh, YouTube users, <laughs> evening gentlemen, trust we are all happy bunnies. Yes, we are. Hamza's a Watford fan, who's with us as well. Paul Brock says, can we get the Reading fan back on for his reaction? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that'd just be rubbing it in, bless him, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot to unpack, to so this could be a bumper episode because there is a lot to talk about from Saturday's game as well as the preview uh, ahead to Tuesday as well. We'll do what we can to cover everything that comes along. Um, I said to you, Mick, at about three minutes into the game, wouldn't it be lovely to have a nice, calm, chilled afternoon? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think it was going to happen. And then 20 minutes later, we were 3-0 up and we're sailing. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> Just a thing of absolute beauty, isn't it? I didn't really. I wish I got you to pick me six numbers and all. To be honest with you, I, wish you'd say that. <laughs> I never thought on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So many, so many good parts. But there's some, there's some, some not. I wouldn't say negatives, but there's some parts where the game that maybe didn't go to. We'll come on to that later on. Let's talk about the positive. Uh, we went unchanged. The Swansea game um, is sort of the headline of the team news. 
Uh, and Danny, we were at it from minute one. I think the Swans again, the first game, I thought we slowed a little. We were very slow into the game for 10 minutes or so. But this one, we were on it. We were at them. Uh, it, it was almost like we smelt blood straight away. It, it was very, very good. Uh, the first two minutes, half an hour were unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, we're 3-0 up inside 20 minutes, which is like virtually unheard of for us in the Championship. Um, I'm, I'm trying to have a look when the last time is that we won 4-0 at home in the Championship. I know the last time proper was MK Dons, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But I can't remember yeah. last time at home. It might be Same the first season. time. Same, Same season. season. Uh, we beat Bolton 4-0 on Boxing Day. Ah, there you go. That's your answer. Uh, but yeah, it happens very rarely to us in the championship a four nil win uh, and being three nil up at half time. Um, oh, no, no, sorry, four um, nil up at half time, three <laughs> nil up inside twenty minutes. I, I, I just can't recount. I'm just that dumbfounded <laughs> by it actually happening. Um, but yeah, after their little penalty shout in like the opening thirty seconds, which isn't a penalty because Victor just caught the ball and it bounced off. Um, what's his face? His head. We just saw. Uh, cottoned on that we could play the ball long to Washington who runs off the last man and that's how we get in behind him and it worked every single time. Same with Chio um, making the run and trying to win the ball for the goalkeeper. It happened twice in the first half. The first time it was nearly a goal for Washington in the end and the second time Chio scored. So, like you said, we just cottoned on to their plan straight away and then just exploited it and took our chances really well, because I think we only had four shots on target for the whole game, and they were the four goals. So, <laughs> we, we've, t- we've talked about it being in the Championship and needing to take your chances. Well, that is perf- the perfect example of what happens when you take your chances. You dominate a team, and they barely get a look in, and you've already uh, made yourself 4-0 up before half-time, and then you can just coast for the second half. Whether we did that because we were 4-0 up, or it was really hot, I'm, I don't know. But phone up at half time. How on earth have we managed that? In the champion, like uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's settle this now, Mick, because we've seen a lot of talk on a little bit of talk from Reading fans on Twitter, and particularly from the EFL coverage on the ITV, where basically mm-hmm. saying that Reading had a terrible game and the other team played. That wasn't the case. Although Reading were terrible, although Reading are were not very good, and their keeper helped them, we would we won because we were we played very well. It wasn't just Reading being rubbish, was it? Oh, they weren't bad in places. <laughs> they weren't bad. They created quite a few opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you, you can't say that we beat them because they were crap. They had, a, they had a bad day, and and that's that's the end of that. That's just not true. That's just palpably not true. So, um, but but yeah, you know, it depends which side of the fence you're sitting, doesn't it, as to as to how you want to describe the um, the, the the outcome of the game, if you like. Uh, as far as ITV are concerned, obviously they're sitting on the on the on the reading side of the fence for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just a quick quick shout out that that coverage was appalling. It was dreadful. Um, but anyway, listen, you know, again. Long may that continue. Just let us fly under the radar. I am more than happy crawling about on the floor unnoticed. That that that's more that's exactly the place that we as Rotherham United want to be. We don't want people giving us any attention at all. So but yeah, I mean we were the better side 
from minute one to minute 93 or 94 or whatever it was. Um, no question about it. Reading came into the game probably for about 10 minutes after half time. Yeah. Uh, and they created a couple of three chances that Victor was equal to. Um, other than that, nothing. They got nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, let's go through the goals because uh, that'll probably take some time and we all like talking about goals. Um, the first one comes from Richard Wood, Danny, um, with a brilliant assist, a brilliant cross by Ben Wiles. To get mm. that angle on it from right foot from that angle is just brilliant. And Woody, to be fair, he's it's, a good header, but he's never much to do with the work done by Cross. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it sort of like hits it with the outside of his of his boot, and it just sort of just arcs in, and then Richard Wood sort of virtually sends it back where it's came, and it's gone in in the far corner. Um, but who would have thought Richard Wood, at 107 years old, still scoring goals <laughs> in the championship when everybody's written him off? Like we see um some on Twitter having a moan about him being selected in the championship all games, time. like yeah, all time basically. And it's like but this is what he can deliver. He was defensively solid against Swansea. Um and now he's scored the first goal in the championship against Reading and again was defensively solid. So it's like this is this is what he offers. Age is just a number in current football. It depends on how fit you are and how much ball knowledge you've got. And they're the two things that will see you out as a good footballer. And Richard Wood has everything in a, in a full package. Mm. Yeah, nineteen goals in his Rotherham career now, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, nineteen yeah. as a centre half. Good grief! It just I, I, I saw a few tweets yesterday when the with tweets when the squad the team was announced about oh, Richard Wood at centre back or whatever. I was like, guys, do you not know Richard Wood? He could probably <laughs> play till he's 43. It wouldn't make a difference. I, I don't... I Yeah, if, if you are one of those people, stop tweeting when, when it gets announced what he's playing, because he's still probably going to have a pretty good game. Um, even if he didn't score, he would have still had a good game. Um, but he got us off and rocking, Mick. That was the start mm-hmm. we needed. And we, again, something we said while watching the game sat together yesterday is that two years ago in the Championship... We don't score that goal. That goal doesn't no. go in. It comes with a post. The keeper makes a save or whatever. We're two games in. Let's not get out of ourselves. But that was already a difference from two years ago in the championship. Already a big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the reason being, I think for me, is that the ball didn't go directly into the box because uh, Michael Smith's not there. So we played that yeah. ball about a little bit. We've 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 bided our time um, to get the right. Delivery into the box this time, um, a bit of experience, a bit of, obviously a bit more coaching, um, has, has, has put us into that position where we're we're a little we're still going to get the ball in the box. There's no question about that, but we are a little bit cuter at it. And, mm. and, and Danny's absolutely right. That, that cross from Ben Wiles was an absolute peach. It was an absolute peach. I thought he was going to put it down on his left foot, and then he, he mm. came back and, and put it on his right and just curled it in, and it was just. Begging, it was begging to be added into back in there. And Richard Wood is going to oblige every time. Um, so, and, and to be fair, you know, and I, 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 like like you say with the social media stuff with Woody, I, I don't understand why people don't learn. You know, it's it's it would you do the same thing time and time and time again, and you get proved wrong time and time and time again, but you still keep doing it. It just it makes no sense to me. You know, why is Richard Wood in the team? Well, that's why he's in the team. Why is Richard winning team? Ninety minutes later, that's why he's in the team. You know, it, 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 it's a, it's a bit daft. 
Yeah, it is. And it, and it, yeah, come on, learn from your mistakes, people. <laughs> I do all the time. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, very, very good. And then a few minutes later, Connor Washington. And I don't know about you, Dave, but we and me and I said, don't talk about me and Mick sitting together. Before we scored, we were both saying, I really love Connor Washington. He is so good. He is so, he's relentless. He is quick. His, his runs are clever. He doesn't let the opposition have a second. And he only needed to do a score a goal. And as Paul Banfield says, Washington's goal was class, a thunderbolt. I've such a good finish. Such a good finish. I, I use a, a different word to describe <laughs> those sort of goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were no way the keeper was stopping that, was there? But to have the not just the confidence to take on a shot from that acute of an angle, but also the technique to actually finish it, like that is incredible, mm. you know. But just to just to point out, the ball from Barlasser is amazing. Is <laughs> like. Is virtually what about 20 25 yards out from Victor's goal, and he sees Washington making the run. Now, we've seen he's make, seen Washington make those runs for Charlton. Um, I think he scored a goal from their keeper just pinging it mm. out, and he's run straight off the last man, got onto it, and scored virtually the same thing. <clears throat> Ballas has seen him on the last man, he's waited and waited until the last man just steps behind Washington, so he's onside. And then bang, the ball's gone, and Washington's gone after it. And he is quick. Yeah. He is quick, Washington, isn't he? Like mm-hmm. I know when we um, when we previewed his signing and his um, and his top rated trait was work rate, mm-hmm. and you can see why he will chase anything. And he's chased after it, got the angle, and gone. Yeah, I'll go for it. There's no one in the box. I'm going to go for it, which is something we've been missing because like a player like Smith would probably hold up the ball and wait for the reinforcements, but then the chance mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. But with Washington, he's seen there's no one in the box. Chio is making the run in, but he won't get there in time because the defender's in front of him. And so he's just gone, I'll hit it and see what happens. And he's hit it and he's scored. And again, it comes back to the thing of you need to take your chances in the championship if you want to win 100%. football games. And we got the half chance, not the best angle, and he's just gone for it. He's taken his chance and we're 2-0 up inside 15 mm. minutes, which is fantastic. And... Mm. All credit to Washington uh, because there was a post on Twitter that said, where are the goals going to come from this season? And I put a list out. Fair enough. The list didn't include Wood or Lindsay, but it did include Washington and Ogbeni. And there you go. Ogbeni's got three in three games, which we'll talk about in a minute. And now Wash is off the mark. And I don't know. I, I can see him getting more than 11 that he got for Charlton last season. I can see him getting more for us because we yeah. play to his, um, to his strengths. Yeah, and they are his strengths. Off the last man, the long ball from Barlasser, sorted. Mm. YouTube user says he reminds me of Will Grigg. And I can sort of see that a bit. I think Washington's a bit quicker and maybe not as good a finisher. And Grigg is a bit is a bit slower and a better finisher. But there are, there are mm. the, 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 how clever their runs are and things like that, they are very, very similar. Uh, He's physically stronger than Grigg as well, though, isn't he? He is physically, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still not sure I got into marriage with you. I, I, when he hit <laughs> it, I didn't celebrate. I just assumed yeah, he was yeah. to start with. Yeah. Um, we were family stand, and I just, when he shot it, it, I just couldn't work out how it had gone in. Um, <laughs> it's very easy to criticise the goalkeeper, Mick, and we will criticise the goalkeeper in a moment. But for mm. me, I, th- I think the saying of don't get beat at your near post is quite lazy. There, there are times when there's nothing that can be done. Mm. I mean, this is kissed off underside at bar. I mean, yeah, unless yeah. he started with his hands directly above his head to start with, I, I, 
it's just unstoppable for me. The thing is, is if, if, if you're a goalkeeper looking at that, you, you're aware that over your right-hand shoulder there are players making their way into the box. Is it such a tight angle? You There's no way you're expecting him to go for goal from there because you, you're just expecting to, for him to do what the, the vast majority of players would do and that's to pull it back to, to the advancing midfielders and, and, uh, and attackers. So at that point, you're already at a disadvantage if he goes for goal. Um, and he's hit it with such power. And as you say, it's, it's coming off the crossbar. So uh, now I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm not blaming the goalkeeper for that one. Yes, he's made mistakes yesterday, but that wasn't one of them for me. Although he should have come out, to, he, he could have come out to get the ball before Washington got to it. But again, that, that's a risk. In again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is an argument that it could have come and it could have tried to come and meet that. However, you know, you don't get that. You are in absolute no man's land. Um, as so, it was a bit later. as it was a bit later, so he's, he's probably made the right decision not to come out for it. Um, and he, he might be asking the question, "Where is his defenders?" Well, yeah, you know, I think that's that'd be the question I'd be asking if I'm a goalkeeper. Why have you left me iron dry like that? Mm. But then, you know, again, he might be asking that question a couple of other times a bit later on in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, goal number three came startlingly <laughs> shortly afterwards uh, in the 18th minute. Now, there's nothing we can do but fault Joe Lumley for this one, Danny, and this is one of the... <laughs> uh, there's oh, nothing to say other than an absolute nightmare. And I, At that point, I just sort of felt really sorry for him. I know we were our third goal, but I just it would just... Those things happen in slow motion, don't they? It's just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> It reminded me a little bit of um, Rob Green playing yes. for England. I forget who was it against. Was it against the USA? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just an absolute calamity. And I uh, indulged in my guilty pleasure of listening to the opposition's commentary for their, for our goals. And, uh, yeah, they weren't happy. They were saying things like, we need to check if he's all right. He's clearly not in the right headspace. Someone needs to have a word with him. And it's like, it's just an absolute calamity. Yeah. Like, to be honest, he can't help it because the ball bounces right, as in right before he's going to gather it, and it's bounced and then just trickled under him. And like you say, it was almost like slow motion, it just trickling over the line. Yeah. And even he didn't quite realise what had happened. He sort of turned around and gone, I haven't caught the ball. And it was already in the net. Yeah. But if you watch the commentary, even Jamie Lindsay's saying, what on earth just happened? <laughs> you know, He's still um, celebrated, though, still celebrated like he'd put it in top bin, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, again, 3-0 up before the first water break. Absolute dream ones. Into yeah. It were. I, sh- I, yeah. I imagine that um, Victor might have a few words of sympathy for him after his... Howler against Sheffield Wednesday as well last season. Um, well, if, if you saw after the game, Victor and Joe Lumley were talking for quite a while. On pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full time. Yeah, they were, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Victor made a very similar mistake against Bolton last year. It was, mm. I think that Bolton was a bit quicker. The shot was a bit quicker, but it was a, it was a very similar mistake in terms of goalkeepers being really frustrated with themselves. So it happens. Thankfully, it's not up to us. Uh, is all I can say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fourth goal came right on the stroke of half time. Um, the third of Dan Barlas's hat-trick of assists. Um, and the referee gets an assist of an assist. We'll talk about the referee in a minute, to be honest with you. But the vision from Barlasa, because the anybody's not seen it, I'm sure you have seen it, but the referee got in the way. The, the, the ball was out. The referee dropped the ball to Dan Barlasa. First touch, 
swooped it round and Chio's uh, on the last man's shoulder, gets in between the keeper and the ball, knocks it past the keeper, buries it in back at net. I mean, who, who gets the biggest amount of credit there, Mick? Is it Dambalas or is it Chio? Because it's just beautiful. But well, they're both equal, really, aren't they? I mean, the quick thinking from Dan Barlasov was just just immense, and he was he was unplayable yesterday. Oh, yeah. he, he was absolutely unplayable that man, and, and you know, to be offered a million pounds for him starting to start. <laughs> it now. You know, what I mean, it really is starting to. I'm I'm almost beginning to be a bit offended by that. <laughs> um, uh, but 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 Chio is just, you know, he's, we know we know about Chio's pace anyway. You know, he, he is so so quick. Um, but but that is a striker's goal. That is a striker's goal by by anybody's mm. description. You know what I mean? Um, he, he's beat the goalkeeper to it. The goalkeeper can't do anything. You know, again, he's let down by his defenders. Um, to, to to give give somebody like Chio Benny that amount of space in behind is just it's suicide. Um, the goalkeeper's done what he can, uh, but Chio's been just been too quick for him, and, and and a really lovely calm finish with his left foot as well. Um, so I said to you after the game, Matt. You know, we we we've, we've talked and talked about the value of Chio Benny, and, um, and we've been, you know, teeing him up for four or five million pound player. Um, but that's as a right wing back. Yeah, this man's a striker. This man is a striker. He is playing so well in that position. You can start if 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 he starts to if he gets ten fifteen goals by Christmas, you can double that. You can double that amount um, because he is that good. And, and if he can continue to to, to, to to put the ball in the back of the net as well, if he has got that in his locker, and it appears that he has so far, but you know, we're in the early days, aren't we? So if he has got that in his locker, he's worth a lot more than that. So um, yeah, keep keep going, Trio. This is this is just wonderful. But I could do do we wait until after thirty first of August to really kick into gear. So transfer windows shut. Yeah, get us safe by Christmas, and then in January, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, we, when we've already got forty-two points, whatever it might be, mm. you can go in January for six million quid, and then we're I, I, Hang on a minute. If he's been playing up front and got fifteen goals, mate, I'm well, that's well. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It started. Like, it wasn't just the goal, Danny. There was that. There was that turn, that flick over the Reading player, which then resulted in a foul, which was just would have been disgusting had it come off. And there was the there was the the bit where he, he pressed somebody into a mistake and crossed it back in for uh, Washington who headed over the bar. It's, mm. It looks like a striker cheer, and and we I, I'm surprised. I've watched him last season try and play up front a couple of times, but it didn't really work. I am surprised how comfortable he looks as as in that position because it looks like a new signing. We've just signed up front. That's that's how good he looks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think with last season because he was training as a wing back for. For, for pre-season and the vast majority of the season itself. That's probably yeah. why he didn't really suit it in League One because he's not had that sort of um, bedding in, if you like. But for this pre-season, we have been playing him as a second striker. Um, and for the games we've played, he's been playing as second striker. And it it just looks like his natural position. You know, we have the uh, the Irish manager to thank for that because he's obviously seen Joe and gone, you know what, he can do a job the number two striker and we've gone you're right and look what's yeah. happened three goals in three games um but then it's like we've got Tom Eves coming back Coyote isn't far away then we've got Kelly and Washington 
all vying for that second striker spot. I don't. I honestly don't think we need to sign another striker, <laughs> right? Because we've got unless Chio gets injured, probably, um, and that's always a risk. But the way he's playing at the minute, just enjoy the good times. I've Chio and Washington starting, and off we go. Easy peasy. But like you say, with his um, with his pressing, pressing the goalkeeper. Like, they look like a lost cause to be fair because you think mm. the keeper's going to get to it and volley it away but Chio's pursued it he's got the touch taken it away from the goalkeeper and I think if uh, Washington hadn't just lit up his eyes at the goal thinking here I can get a second one here and just played it down Wiles would have probably buried it in the goal mm. but it's still another chance created unfortunately that's like one of two that we didn't take the whole game and I think we had six big chances the whole game Four yeah. of which were goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's Tom Eaves, because because he's another half foot taller, he scores the header quite comfortably. It's just because mm. it's so small and and whatever else. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, um, but Powerman UK says, but we're desperate for a striker. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Shelley in the comments also, how much better is Chio down the middle? Uh, IUSE, let's let's address the elephant in the room that's, that is Paulins. Can't stand long balls. Uh, once again, Mick, there's some very very lazy management and coaching and pre-match scouting. If you think rather than United are a long ball team, we'll just pump it along. Then uh, I don't know what you've been watching. I, I I kind of thought this season that I might try and turn over a new leaf and and then try not to insult people as best I possibly can. Um, you know, because because managers come out with, with stuff, you know, they've got a reason for saying it usually. Um, and but but Paul Ince, mate, you're a clown. You are a clown. I agree. I mean, what you've said there is we spent all Rotherham United played a long ball game. We spent all week preparing for it. Right. The elephant in the room is that at half time you're four 0 down, mate. D- 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 can you not see the issue there? That perhaps your research might have gone a little bit awry, you know. If you're going to, uh, but listen, what I would say is, please, anybody that's listening who's not a Roman United supporter, we play long ball. It's just long ball after long ball after long ball. That's all we do. You yeah. know, we just oof it up, oof it up, and that's all we do. Um, and, and 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 you know, if if you can cut that out, then you've no chance. We've no chance. We'll never score another goal all season. So just work it that way. I, I don't know where he's coming from. I don't honestly. He's 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 just. He, I don't think he's cut out for management with the greatest of respect. All joking aside, you know, calling him a clown and everything, everything else. He's a, he's a football manager of a championship club. He's, he's obviously got some credentials. He's played really, really well as a player. He's a very, very good player, um, and he played under some very, very good managers. But I genuinely don't think he, that that work is he's cut out for that line of work. I don't think. Mm. I, I just don't think he is. I don't think he is. And having listened to his interview, that just sort of compounds that. Um, his team were poor. They don't play in his image. Uh, you know, they, 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 they are soft. Um, his best players go missing. His son, you know, he just went missing. He, you know, he's, he's, an, he's a hell of a player. And he is a hell of a player, Tommy. There's no question about that. But, um, you know, 3-0 down, sulking, and he, we never see him again. Mm. It's, you know, it's whatever, whatever. Yeah, well, we will talk about some individual performances later on. We were, certainly will, but uh, as Paul Brock and uh, Essex Formula say in the comments, we kept a clean sheet in the second half, having been 4-0 down. If I was a Reading fan, Danny, 
and he said that, having lost 4 0 away to Rotherham, my head would explode. He <laughs> <laughs> kept a clean sheet. You were lost 4 0. It don't matter if you kept a clean sheet in the second half. It's <laughs> crazy. I think the only reason it were a clean sheet in the second half was it were a bit hot. And that's it. That that it's nothing to do with um with what your players have done, Paul. It's the fact that it we're a bit hot and we've gone makes four nil up. We can take it a bit easy yeah. now. We can play to water break to end at game and then go from there. <laughs> but on, honestly, in that game, the way we're going forward, it probably would have ended six or seven nil if this game was played in winter, for example, where mm. you could have te- kept up the intensity. I mean, it very nearly finished five nil, but. Um, Wiles' shot was blocked more or less on the line mm. and just a quick comment on that Georgie Kelly's header to bring it down in the box to set Wiles up per- perfect execution we saw um, um, oh, who was it remember uh, um, 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 when we played Man City and Kieran McGuckin brought the header down for Sadlier yes. to score more or less a carbon copy mm. but Georgie's already got that insight to go you know what I'm not going to go for goal Wiles is in a better position take it down and then create the chance for him. Um, and so he's learning, Georgie. He's getting there. You know, he's getting that. He will, he'll probably get an assist before he scores, but we'll wait and see. But going back to what you said, Matt, if I were a Reading fan, poof, Ed's gone. You know, we kept a clean sheet in the second half. That's like that's like saying in the dressing room, go out and win the second half, but we're 4-0 down, Gaffer. Yeah, well, if it finishes 4-1, you've had a good second half. Like, the <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that to you about ten minutes into the second half, Matt. Didn't I? Yeah. That he's 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 told his team to come out and either win or not not lose the second half, and that's mm. how they played. That's that's how they played. But we just managed the game out really really well. Mm. Yeah, we did. And I, I think and I, we did. We obviously didn't stop trying, but we just foot, the foot came off the gas. Like, mm. why wouldn't you? It's thirty five degrees or whatever it were. You've got another game in three days' time. Just chill out, make the fight. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. So, yeah, I didn't really get. I didn't. I don't get the comment. I do get the comment. I get the comment if you know if that came from somebody like who is a good man, like Jose Mourinho or something like that. I believe it's just a distraction tactic. Unfortunately for me, mm. I think he believes that. I think that he genuinely took something from it, and that concerns me from a Reading point of view. If I cared, which I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. What we're going to do now? We're going to take a break from the Reading game. And we're going to have a quick look ahead to Preston. We have uh, our scouting report. So the, the famous, positive, favourite jingle will be on. And then we'll be to Ollie from the Deepdale Digest. We'll see you in a few seconds. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us, Ollie. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How are you all doing? Not bad after, uh, yeah, not too bad. after yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Bang your win for you lot, wasn't it? Just a bit. <laughs> um, so we've previously to do a game on Tuesday. We go to Deepdale. Um, it's been a good start for you boys, hasn't it? Well, three games unbeaten, non-conceded, five points on the table, one scored. I assume we'd be pretty happy with the first few games. Yeah, not bad. I think after the first two, it was sort of... I think everyone was worried about goals. And I think mm. that, that's still a concern. I mean, one goal in three games isn't ideal. But when you're keeping them out at the other end, it always gives you a chance to nick it. Um, so, yeah, really, really good result on Saturday. Luton's a tough place to go. 
we got absolutely battered there four nil just before the end of last season. So to go there just a few months later and keep a clean sheet and get a win, I think we're all pretty happy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What was the pre-season plan? You know, what, what was the view? Because obviously Ryan Lowe came in part with the last season, uh, so he's had his time uh, to sort of set his agenda, get his players in. What is what? What's a good season for Preston looking like this year? So, I I always sort of thought that we'd be around 14th if we didn't get the signings in that we wanted, and then maybe top 10 if we did. Uh, I think we're still too short from what he ideally wants because he still wants another right wing back. He still wants another striker. And I think if we get those two boxed off with sort of championship quality, then top 10 I don't think is out of reach at all. Um, mm. Obviously, the problem for us is that our budget isn't the biggest. So finding those players, which I'm sure you know, Rotherham fans can relate to as well. It's not that easy in a division full of teams who've got parachute payments and Turkish owners that are <laughs> throwing money here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Oh, God, don't we know? We know that feeling. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <we joke. laughs> um, what's the style of play for for, uh, for Preston? Because I've never known Ryan Lowe. I know he did, he did a job at Preston. Is he a ball player? You know, play it out of all costs, a bit more pragmatic. What can we expect from the sort of setup? Yeah, he he does like to play it on the deck. We we currently play a sort of a three-five-two, which will see sort of one sitting midfielder and then two midfielders who can push forward a little bit more. There's emphasis on the wide centre backs to get forward and overlap. You know, a bit. I know everyone says Chris Wilder, but I'm sure the managers have done it before him as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we 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 moved a little bit to. We only played one up top against Luton and then mm. sort of played four midfielders behind him and sort of allowed two to go forward and two sit. I think they might go back to two strikers against Rotherham just with being at home. They'll probably look mm. to look to go for it a little bit more. But yeah, it's he wants us to be attractive and, you know, like I say, overlapping centre-backs and keeping it on the deck. Mm. Uh, and like we mentioned, it's sort of three clean sheets in three games. I played Wigan Hull and obviously Luton yesterday. Is is it? Do you think is the defence very very good, or is it just those teams that they never really threatened? It does it look like you've set really really well defensively? It's a weird one because I think if you look at some of the defence sort of in isolation, you'd say they're not exactly top end championship mm. players. You know, Jordan Story spent second half of last season alone at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Liam, Liam Lindsay was sort of second choice to Patrick Bauer last season and those two have had a really strong start uh, we got Freddie Woodman in goal from Newcastle over the summer which which has been a real positive sign for us and then Andrew Hughes is our left centre back and he's been outstanding pretty much ever since we went to a back three so they, I think I think it is partly because the teams we played maybe aren't as expansive as others or you know as Absolutely frightening going forward, but I do think that the centre backs we've got are playing pretty well at the moment. Mm. And who's going to scare us going forward? I know you've got Troy Parrott and I had a goal at the weekend from Potts with a stunner as well. <laughs> um, who is who should our defence be worried about from your, from your side? Yeah, Parrott is looking pretty good. Uh, one of those where he, he, he did score against Huddersfield in midweek in the cup, but mm. You're still sort of waiting for him to catch fire in the league a little bit. He's had a few chances that haven't quite gone in, and it's one of them where I think once he gets one in the league, you might see him go on a little bit of a run. 
Um, other, other strikers, I mean, Emil Roos scored 20 goals in all competitions last season, but found himself on the bench on Saturday. Hasn't hasn't maybe enjoyed the, the starts this season he'd have wanted. Um, but then outside of that, we're, we're a little bit thin up top at the moment. Sean Maguire's out injured. I think Chad Evans is back from suspension for this one. He got, he, got, yeah, he got a red card on the opening day of the season. Uh, and then Ben Woodburn's sort of been... Mm. An option off the bench that they can play, sort of in midfield, off a striker. They, they like using him in a few different roles. So yeah, that's that's how we'll look going forward. I'd like to see Reese come back in over from the Parrot and um, mm. try and cause a few problems with two strikers up top. Uh, and we have to ask because you've got a former Rotherham player still. I think still registered. Matt Oliver Sunday went to you last summer. Is he still there? Is he still, is he still at club? He is still there, but it's become a sort of running joke where people aren't actually sure if he exists or not because <laughs> next to nothing of him. He he got injured in his first preseason game last summer. Then he started a game in December, went off injured sort of last 10 minutes or so, then came on as a sub against Swansea in January and then was not registered for the squad after that and his transfer listed. So... Yeah, it really hasn't, really hasn't gone well for him either. Um, we, we sort of tested him as a right-sided centre-back in pre-season, but he hasn't he hasn't been in a match-day squad yet this term. So I'm assuming they're just waiting for somebody to come in for him. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see him as a right-sided centre-back. No, <laughs> no, that's ambitious to be honest with you from what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. It will oh, fondly, fondly, fondly remembered our place, for, but didn't. These things happen, don't they? Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, Mick, Danny, anything you'd like to ask Ollie before I take his score prediction from him? Anything we've missed out from asking from a different point of view? Hmm. Uh, do you like to play out from the back? Have you covered that? I'm sorry I went out to Yeah, but in that case, I'm done then. Thank you. So, <laughs> sorry, Ollie. You're all right. <laughs> I'm uh, old, Matt... mate. I don't remember stuff anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> my, my question is... Um, how do you think uh, your defence will fare against Connor Washington running off the last man? Are you more of a um, <clears throat> a solid defensive line that moves as one unit or are you susceptible to runs in behind? I think I'd say Lindsay and Story maybe aren't the quickest on the turn. So if you've got somebody loitering on the on the shoulder, you might get a little bit of joy there. Um, Woodman, I guess, can play as a bit of a sweeper-keeper back there if, if we're caught out a little bit. Yeah, I think because because we like to push those wide centre-backs quite high, I suppose it does leave us a little bit susceptible if you can hit a quick counter mm. on it. But so far, we've not conceded in the league. Um, mm. They get caught out a little bit at Huddersfield in the Cup where Jordan Rhodes seemingly was able to walk about 35 yards and challenge to the straight So, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that Rotherham might, might just think they can do that against us. Hopefully. Hopefully, my friend. Um, I'm going to ask you for a prediction now. I assume you're not going to give me many goals based on your three games so far. <laughs> I, I don't think I can see many. I'll, I'll take a 1 0 win again. <laughs> take that. Um, if anybody wants to look at any of your stuff, any, any preview stuff for the Rotherham game, anything like that, is where can they find your Deepdale Digest stuff? Yeah, uh, at Deepdale Digest on Twitter or deepdaledigest.com. There will most likely be a Rotherham preview going up tomorrow, I would imagine. So yeah, that's that's where you can find all all the stuff about Preston. Perfect. 
Thank you, Emily. Thanks for speaking. Thanks for speaking to us. And good luck for the rest of the season. Obviously, not Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much to Ollie for doing that. Some interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. We've still, we haven't covered it. We haven't the Reading game, have we? No, no. <laughs> um, so let's go back because that gives us interesting stuff. Uh, Shelly IFC says, Tell Mick he's wrong. Thomas hasn't gone missing. He's been found in Richard's back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good, Shelly. I love that. Um, we're going to give a surprising bit of praise now. Oh, I certainly am. Um, Steve Martin refereed the game, Mick. Mm. Very, very well. And that's a surprise. Mm. It, it would be. I, I noticed John Morell's not on tonight because uh, John, John was calling him in the last... The Birmingham fan was calling yeah. him in the last podcast. Uh, I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a good game. I, I think he got the first... The, the decision in the first minute right. I don't think there's any question about that. It wasn't really it wasn't a decision, was it? No. What, the, the, the one he did get wrong was mm. the free kick on the edge of the box in the second half to Reading... That was a penalty. That was a nailed-on penalty. He was two yards, well, a yard inside the box when the challenge yeah, was right. made. And, and not, not a comment from uh, from Paulins on that one, which was which really surprised me. Mm. Um, so, but, but other than that, I, I thought he had a really good game, really solid. He let the game flow. He was consistent, and that's the, that's the key to it from my point of view. I, I, he was consistent with both sides, you know. He, he, he was letting quite a few tackles go. He was letting quite a lot of shirt pulling go, it, it, but, it, but he was it was the same for both. So when it's like that, you can't complain, really. I don't think. No, you know, you just you mm. just can't. Um, a big shout out to the Reading player who um, who tried to do the um, oh dive. I can't remember. It was a Jefferson work type dive, weren't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but not quite as theatrical. But, but yeah, that were that were a fair effort, that lad. Yeah, Danny. We'll talk about this. We talked about this on the, the first game against Swansea, where the the threshold of fouling has been put up, so it's got to be more contact. There is more contact for let blah, blah. Saturday mm. for me was the. It felt like the perfect implementation of that rule. It allowed mm. stuff to go. It was very consistent. You were allowed to push your shirts a little bit. You were allowed to get a bit of man when you tackle the ball. It was basically consistent. That's all we want. If you're going to do one thing, do it for other. And it got it right, other than that penalty incident, which Mick says in the second half, which I agree with. It got mm. it all right. And we should, should be praising that when it happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, listening to the commentary, there was a fair bit of hacking going on from their defenders, especially on Chio. Mm. But there wasn't enough of it happening, if you like, to warrant yeah. the foul. Uh, it's not like they've just swung the leg in and took him out, which is a blatant foul. It's more of just trying to get the leg round him, which really isn't a foul. He's just trying to win the ball. It's if you take the man and <clears throat> don't make an attempt for the ball, that's when the red flags start coming up. Same with um, Grant Hall supposedly pushing a player to the ground, which the Reading commentators majorly kicked off about. And it's like, but there's not yeah. enough of a foul. It's not like he's grabbed a shirt and gone, yeah. bump, like that. He's sort of just pushed off him to try and get leverage off him, basically. But he hasn't fouled him in the process. But I agree with you. <clears throat> I was so scared that he had given the penalty initially because he pointed. It's like, oh, no, he's pointed to the spot. And you see all Reading players kick off. It's like, is he not giving it? And, it, <laughs> and if you watch the replay, it is a yard inside the box. 
but he said it's on the line. But technically, if it's on the line, you yeah. give it as the penalty because he, as soon as it touches the white mm. line, it's plastered inside the box. But then they take the uh, the free kick a yard outside of it, and it's like that doesn't quite add up. But if he's seen the contact outside the box, we can only go with the referee's decision because we can't change it now, can we? And to be fair with things like that, and, and this is very easy, Lino's got to help out. Lino should be best place to give that because Lino should be a last man anyway. But anyway, mm. anyway, I just think, I think it's important to point out when those referees... Because uh, this implementation has got to stick around. I, I, this can't end at the end of August like other implementations do. This is the way, I mean, if anyone's watched the Spurs-Chelsea game, that was brilliant. And the same type of implementation were done. It made a fantastic game because mm. the game was allowed to flow. That has got to continue. Mm. And um, we will continue to call it out. When it's good, we will continue to call it out because it's got to stick around. 100%. Makes it yep. so much more enjoyable to watch as a game. It makes it more of a contest, less yeah. of a diving competition. Yeah, because at the end of the day, football is a physical competition. And as soon as the physical turns into diving about, you're not allowed to touch anybody, it gets boring. Yes, you know, right. because it's like as soon as some, someone just pushes into him, ah, oh, it's a penalty. You know, that's when it gets boring. That's why I don't watch the Premier League. <laughs> um, but yeah, re- referee, more or less perfect. I'd probably give him an eight out of 10 if yeah. for that performance. And can we make that a thing? Dan, um, <clears throat> New York talk, ref rating. And we'll give it that. We'll give it in. I think, yeah. I think an eight's fair. I agree with an eight. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. Um, Seamus Bond didn't get the didn't get the memo though, as he Darren Bond with his. It's because uh, his, his hair. It's just hair's getting his face. Yeah, he's, yeah, with his hair band. Um. <laughs> um, right, we've got quite a lot to cover. To be honest, we we I feel like we've barely scratched the surface because we've got so many individual performances to talk about that were really good. Let me let's talk about. Ben's comments on the instant reaction video, which upset a few people. Um, we did an instant reaction video on YouTube straight after the game. That's always on the, off to the home games. I'm going to defend Ben a little bit, but not his words. Ben said we were awful defensively. Now, we weren't awful. We definitely weren't awful. But there were quite a few moments, Mick, I think in the second half, because we took the foot off the gas, I think the concentration went. Mm. And there was quite a few moments in the second half where they got through, there was, I think there was a moment where Humphreys lost the ball and we just didn't recover and we were lucky not to get away with at least a shot. Mm. There were issues. It's not, it wasn't a perfect performance and there were, for me, some defensive issues. Nothing to get upset about, but there were some issues, certainly in the second half. I think the, the, one of the issues is that we were so solid against Swansea at the yeah. back. We didn't allow them anything apart from that, that one, uh, one tap-in that they missed. With the exception of that, in the Swansea game, we were very, very tight. For me, I thought we allowed them far too much, far too many chances, particularly in the second half. But as you pointed out there, you know, we were trying to manage the game out, so we took our foot off the gas, and yeah, we probably did become a little bit slack defensively in that second half, and allowed them far too many chances. Like I said, um, a, a decent team would have punished us there, and we we. we probably wouldn't have come away with that clean sheet. So I guess that's probably where Ben was coming from. But to say we were awful, I think, is a little bit um, <laughs> a little bit harsh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Paul Brock and, and we asked this, Paul Brock says, so would he have any right go at Wes for trying to do it? Yeah. Mm. And, I, and I suppose this is part of the learning curve, Danny. These three, Hall, Woody and Ham Pumphreys, have never played together until the week before. 
Humphreys is playing professional football in England for the first time ever. Mm. You, it's all right to switch off. It's all right to take the foot off the gas. But you just you can't let teams at Championship level have those problems. If that's anybody else other than Reading, it would have been four one, potentially four two. Had those mistakes continued, mm. but it's a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It definitely is. I mean, <clears throat> the only player that's got well, the only two players that have got Championship experience experience in that Rotherham back line is Woody and Wes, and mm. we've pushed Wes out wider whilst uh, Kiosa was injured for the time being. So the only person who's <clears throat> got champ experience with Rotherham is Woody, and mm. that's why he's very commanding of the that back line. And another reason why he should start every game that he can because he knows the team, he knows how it operates, and he knows the championship with us basically. Grant Hall does know the championship uh, because he's played with, there with Middlesbrough and a few other teams, but he doesn't know it with our system. If that makes sense, mm. you know. So he's still good, and he's still good to have there, but. You know, playing next to Woody still need that cohesion just to tick over with match uh, with match time, and then with Humphreys, like the uh, the lad from Belgium who knew Belgian football said to us, plays a lot better when he's got a senior pro next to him. And look what's happening! Look what's happening! He's got two next to him, and he's played unreal. There's been a little one or two squeaky moments, mm. but the way he carries the ball forward from defence, they just don't know what to do because your centre half come out with the ball, and it's like. He doing, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But then he, he brings it out, pushes everybody forward, and then keeps the everything ticking over, which is great to see. Um, but with the back line, special mention to uh, Cohen Bramall. As soon as he came on for Ferguson, there was a little mistake on the right hand side. I think it was a, a misplaced pass that let Reading into our penalty area, and Cohen Bramall's come straight in and put in a fantastic challenge. And stopped what could have been a goal for Reading. Like fantastic challenge, fair play to him. But, yeah. but with with the back line, overall impressed. But like we've said, foot off the gas a little bit. It may have been the heat as well, and the lad mm, being yeah. absolutely knackered. But we can't let teams back into it when, in all honesty, they don't really deserve to be let back into it. If you if just keep twisting the, the screw, keep your back line solid, and we should be all right this season. It's just when you switch off that you see it's a bit of a. Ooh, you know, we're letting him in just a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah let, let's kind of just a quick mention for Cameron Humphreys, and I know you just talked about him there, and he is some player. Oh, that player. Mm. Mate, how have we got him? <laughs> how on <laughs> earth? Would he go in somewhere else and well, we just sort of kidnapped him or whatever? <laughs> Who else were training in Croatia at that time? He's just turned up at the wrong hotel. I, know, I don't know what happened, but mate, he is some player, that lad. I reckon he got on the he got on the wrong flight and ended up with Rotherham instead of yeah, poor lad. West Ham. Well, oh, I love the man. He, he is going to be a right player. Yeah, mm. yeah. It just we, we'll we'll probably save this to talk about in a few weeks' time because he's going to get better. This is the yeah. thing with somebody like him. He's nowhere near his peak. He's going to get so much better. The criticism I would have from him when he when he stepped forward a few times, which he did very very well, when he got to the halfway and he looked lost. He looked like he didn't know what to do. He looked like he'd sort of hit a wall and wasn't sure. And that's something he's got to work on. Because he can step out, he needs to then know what to do going when he gets there. And I thought, mm. that's that's such a minor critical thing. But that's I suspect, that... I suspect that, that, that having come from Man City, stepping out like that as a central defender, he, he probably expects to see more movement ahead of him. True. Yeah. Um, and he's not quite got that. We've not, we're not, clearly not at that level. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah. I'd like to see uh, someone like Barlasser receiving the ball in that position and playing it long, or Humphreys looking to the wing backs potentially for a bit more distribution and a bit more width. But like I say, um, Man City do play very um, ball orientated football with the centre backs, and that's obviously where he learns it from. Um, mm. And I think going forward, we need to play to that strength. If he brings the ball out forward, presenting the option out wide or or in the middle to keep it carry him on, just so he doesn't step too far out from defence. Because that's what I thought. He stepped a little bit too far out of defence and there was no option in front of him. So he had to go back anyway. Or he lost the ball and then had to track back and get back into position, which he did really well, don't get me wrong. He did it really well and he knows his job in that role. Just presenting option and then we can push it forward a bit more. Well, it's a learning process training, for players, isn't it? We've got mm. to learn what he can do. What if he's going to do that? We need to understand if that sort of makes sense. I think. Yeah, but that experience will come from training and those sort of situations yeah. that we make, or through match day experience as well. Which let's not forget, he's only played two championship games for us, yeah. and he's already this good. And when we start playing for his to his strengths, wow! Mm. Playoff <laughs> push to call it now. No, no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, Tom J. Brown says we will sell him for millions, mate. Mm. If he keeps going this way, in a year's time, he'll be worth three and four million quid. Mm. We're two games in. Let's sort of temper his excitement a little bit. But if he, if this is his, you know, route, he's going to keep playing. He is going to. He's got. He's a Premier League player in waiting. If this is the way he's going to keep playing, um, mm. we've got him on a three-year deal as well. Three, and knowing us, <laughs> it might be an option. You know what we're like. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Brock had to laugh when I saw a Reading fan tweet saying Rotherham made three subs and they were still better. Little did he know the three subs were not bench warmers. No, we've got Georgia <laughs> Kelly, Ollie Rathbun, and Lee Pelty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These are not nobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling uh, you, if we, if we could, we'd play Sheffield Rules football and have 15 aside yeah. and we'd still be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think a shout out to Pelletier. I thought he looked excellent. Mm. For me, he looked a little bit. He looked more solid and more confident than Grant Hall does at the moment. He did yesterday. Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I thought Shane Long caused Hall a bit, quite a few problems. Not from not yeah, from a goal, not in a penalty box, but his movement and trickery. Yeah, yeah. Shane Long is a clever player, mm. isn't he? Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Uh, but yeah, um, so many individual performances. We've not really touched on Dan Barlas, so we are now going to touch on Dan Barlas. We're going to end up going quite a long episode tonight. But we don't even touch Bill in the Reading game. But Go there's a lot of on. We'll be here when you come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of things in the comments. So we've got Liam McGarry says, Barlas had an unreal game. Them balls through the defence, what did that exploited them? And the front two read every ball really well. And in the end, it won us the game. Yeah, it did. Shelly IFC, Dan Barlas, though, just how good is that lad? His vision is unreal. We speak about Frex being a Rotherham legend or making an all-time 11. The guy is surely on his way to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I struggle, Danny, because I don't know what to say about Dan Barlas. He's just... This team's made for him. It's, it's obviously built around him. That's how good he is. But the, the vision to pick them out, all these passes, he ran the show yesterday. He completely ran the show. He's always looking for that ball. He's always looking for that pass. He's just a joy to watch, isn't he? Yeah. We, we said um, after the Swans again, we'd like to see a little bit more from Barlasser, mm. which isn't really a criticism. It's just... Uh, he didn't really express himself the way that we know that he can in the Championship. And he's even said himself, he gets more time on the ball in the Championship, and mm. that's why he likes it. And yesterday was the perfect example of what we were on about. So more of the ball, he had that extra, you know, 
three or four seconds just to look for a pass, pinged it over the top, and there you go. E- easy as that. The lad has got a ping like nothing I've ever seen before. <laughs> yeah. And um, like Paul Brock says, Barlas was like a quarterback, exactly mm. how Warren describes him. Because if you look at how we play, mm. you've got your back th- you've got your back three, then you've got Barlas sat just in front of him, not as a defensive midfielder, but more of your distribution midfielder, because then the next midfielder in front are in with the wing backs. So he can distribute it to one of potentially six options in front of him, mm. which just shows to show when he gets three assists, he gets a hat trick of assists in a single game. He's done something right, hasn't he? A single <laughs> half, yeah, in a single half. half of football, which is incredible. Yeah, I, I, it, it was a shame to see him go off, but I think he's gone off <laughs> so he can do that again against Preston. And it's not knocking in there because I think it was uh, Rath, was it Rathman that came off for him, mm. or was it, yeah, Hi. And Scott Hyde? Oh, was it Hyde? Right. He did all right, actually. I think yeah, he did. Played on team, mate. Yeah, which is a bit <laughs> and, and to buy the ball as well, which is a bit unfortunate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good about that. <laughs> but yeah, with, with Barlas's distribution, to put in that performance for 45 minutes and then come off on, what was it, about 50-ish? Just, after, just before an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, So it, and, and just to be rested for the next game. Wow. I think if it wasn't for Chia running the show up top, Barlas would have been man of the match, purely for the, the amount of contributions that he had. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, one hundred, and 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 what he started to do, which he did a little bit last season, a couple of times he found himself on the edge of the box, Mick, and mm. it, it, the ball just didn't drop for him. Yeah. Well, that ball's going to drop for him, and we know how hard he can hit him. But he's yeah, finding yeah. those pockets, not just deep for long balls, yeah, yeah. finding those pockets near a goal, and there's goals in there. I mean, this, a million, imagine bidding a million quid for Dan Parlas. <laughs> We need to be complaining to EFL really about that. <laughs> we need to put a complaint into somebody about that. That's just embarrassing. That is yeah. really embarrassing. It is. Yeah, it is. Oh, that, that man, absolutely love him. Um, Damien Cord says, can we mention Victor Hansen's performance was class? We can only get better. Yeah, I think Victor was a little... This, this is where the frustration comes from, the defence. Victor made six saves, and they were all good saves. Mm. Reading shouldn't have been able to get a lot of those shots off, and I think that's where mm. the frustration comes from, a defensive point of view. Um, but Victor was superb, Danny. That's it, really. I think <laughs> it, was his, it was his positioning that really showed how class he was. His positioning was top-notch. His kicking could be improved a little bit, um, yeah. but his positioning on the goal line was fantastic. Um, a lot of the shots that Reading had, if were, if his positioning wasn't good, they, they may have snuck in at some point. Um, it's like there was one that Tom Innes had where he's hit the side netting, but Victor's mm. closed the angle so tightly yeah. that there isn't an option for him at all, mm. unless it was Connor Washington shooting. Um, and, th- and then like his, his flying punch that he pulled off as well from yeah. one of the balls in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that were incredible. Just that ball's coming. Bang and he just flies and punches yeah. it. It was like a flying kipper. It were incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another class performance from Victor. I mean, we talk about Josh Vickers maybe being the um, the more complete goalkeeper package, if you like. But if Victor puts in performances like that in this division, you can understand why he starts. And unfortunately, yeah. Vickers is the cup keeper at the minute. 
Mm. And the best thing is, he's up against his old mate Chad Evans at Preston, which uh, will be a, a very interesting battle. Yeah, that's another fractured eye socket, isn't it? Uh, well, I went and ref watch it, so I'm not saying, but mm, it's, uh, it's not going Ward. Oh, that's all right. Uh, so it, should, it should be all right with that. No, we'll see. We'll see. I don't no. think there's a lot to choose between the pair of them, to be honest. I think there is, I think that, in fact, I don't think there's anything to choose between them. I think they are both outstanding goalkeepers. They've both got the strengths, they've both got the areas that they need to work upon, but mm-hmm. I, I can't, you can't get a cigarette paper between them, man. They're, they're, as, they're as good as each other. Um, for me, Victor, with his bravery, I mean, he came out and, and that, that low cross that he dove, what he got onto in that in mm. the second half there, you know, he could have got a boot in his face from Woody, from from Hall, from Long, from anybody that were in there, but he, he, he didn't care, does he? He just does no, not he's, he's in the ice, man. I'm in that. See you later, boys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, Shelly so says, Humphrey's an absolute steal. What a signing. Uh, Mark Gambles in the comments says, Evening, gents. Just replenished the fluids. Sweated out yesterday. Uh, Mark says, Great result. Loving Washington and Chio as a combo. The field was brilliant. And Cameron mm. Humphrey's grant is brilliant as well. Uh, Tobias is with us. Tobias Johansson is with us. Um, he says Shane, Shane Ferguson was his man of the match. He thought it was his best performance in a Rotherham shirt. And he's one of them, Danny, mm. that I think is probably more suited to the championship. Um, his mm. experience um, and what he gives us defensively, it helps us much more than it did in League One. Because in League One, he's got to be more attacking. And although he can do mm. that, that's not his strength, I don't think. And I completely agree. I thought Shane Ferguson, along with a few others, was, was very, very good. Yeah, I think... Um... Us signing Shane Ferguson will come into its own this season because we signed him. We signed him from Millwall, um, and he notched up Lord knows how many appearances in the champ oh, for them. Uh, and he's and he's dropped down to League One to play uh, to play for us, probably in a little bit of a different role, like you say, a bit more attacking. Whereas this season he knows the job he has to do on that left flank now, and executes it very very efficiently. He still does that little run forward where he tries to create the option, but when it drops back and we need to be a bit more defensive, he's in his element in this division. Mm. Uh, he knows everything that's happening and it's only going to benefit Cameron Humphreys as well because he's got Woody on his right and yeah. then Shane Ferguson dropping back in on his left. That lad's good. Like we've already said he's going to be worth millions purely from the experience that's around him. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we say, Shane put in a fantastic performance as well, but he's one of them where he has a fantastic performance quite often. It often mm. gets overlooked. You know, you only really notice when he's had an average game because he looks poor. A little bit like Ben Wilds in that sense. When he has mm. an average game, he looks poor, but he's not, if that makes yeah. sense. But when he has a stellar performance, it's just like just standard behaviour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, and, and I love his new chant as well. I, I well, love that chant. It's very simple. It's just Ferguson. It's very, very, very simple. <laughs> but when you've got <laughs> ne- nearly 8,000 people singing it it's very very good and I really like it yeah my favourite one yesterday was, was 9,000 people including the Reading fans singing Reading get battered everywhere <laughs> yeah. oh, um, I'll tell you who Shane Ferguson's really going to help for me I think Cohen Bramall uh, Cohen, mm-hmm. that is a, such a great person to learn from from Shane Ferguson to Cohen Bramall and mm. I think that's what Warney clearly tries to bring in is you've got the experience You've got these youngsters who are trying to learn. Youngsters, are tw- mid twenties, these these guys aren't they? So, but we're still learning. Um, yeah, we've got to mention yeah. Wes Harding. I mean, there's not much to say, Mick, other than it was Wes Harding doing what Wes Harding does. Yeah. But he's just so reliable. Yeah, he had a mistake, which would have shouted him. But 
so so yeah. reliable. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've no point coming to me about Wes because all you're going to get is I love Wes Harding. <laughs> he's just brilliant. He's just absolutely brilliant. He's a right. He's a right-sided Shane Ferguson, but younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's as dependable as they come. He can slot in on the right side of the, the back three, but as, as a right wing back, he, yeah, he's not blistering pace. He can still That's put a ball in the box. He can still get back in tight. You know, he's got everything that he needs. Uh, Wes Harding. Man at match for the next 46, 44 games for me every time, every day a week. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> 64 minutes highlight of the match was um, the cop end singing, It's All Your Fault. Oh, yeah. Really Poor keeper. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other performances you want to pick out? We've talked about most of them. I enjoyed all the Rathbun coming on and just kicking everybody. That's got I impressed. Uh, without being amazing, he looks very good on the ball. Uh, this was only early days, but with the way he runs with the ball rem- reminded me of a Frecklington. He's very, he just glides with the ball. He doesn't run. He just sort of, he just looks so comfortable, um, mm. which I think is a good sign. We can say he's resilient, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll have a bigger nose today than he did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I think they probably just think he looks so young. He looks so young and a bit of a pretty boy. So let's uh, look a bit too pretty. Let's, let's rough him up a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make it look like you're a footballer. Oh, Don't play a that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a really, really good performance. Not perfect, and I think that's that's almost a good thing. Mm. If that was our, if that was us being perfect, then there's a there's not a problem, but there's still a lot of areas we need to improve, and I think we will improve. Uh, briefly, we were only three points off top with a game in hand before Blackburn. <laughs> um, now, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. We already get a little bit of stuff in for saying it with the Happy Clappers podcast. You know, now it's like, yes, we, we'll be in Champions League in two seasons. Yeah, be right. <laughs> um, on the opposite side, we are three points ahead of the relegation zone with a game in hand. Very early mm. days. I know it's early days, um, but good gaps to have. Um, after two games, it's our best start in the championships in 2002-2003, which was the, six, the season we beat Millwall 6-0 on the opening day, finished 15th that season. Um, it's positive, and I think it's important to enjoy the positives when we have them. We don't always have these positives. Um, as pointed out, we've never got four points from two games since 2002-2003 in the championship. So just enjoy it. We're going to have some bad days in this division. We're going to have some terrible days this season, probably. Let's just enjoy the four nil wins when we get them because they don't. As we've said at the start, they do not come around very very often, do they? Mm. Um, if you take away the if you take away the results from the, those first two games, the key for me mm. and, and the, the positive for me is those performances. Yeah, you know we have looked very 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 solid. At, at worst, we've looked very very solid. At best, we've looked unplayable at times, just yeah. for brief periods. We've never. I, I don't recall over recent years or recent trips into championship as looking as dangerous mm. as we look going forward. Um, and I also don't recall as looking as solid at the back as we have done. Yeah, it, again, early days. It is two games. You know what I mean. Uh, and and, you, and you're very absolutely right to point that out. But the signs are very, very, very good at the moment for me. Mm. And I'll say it now, I'll stick my neck on the line. The recruitment this summer has been excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's been mm, superb. It's been so very far. good. 
Yeah. Um, we've got the, the Stephen Humphreys transfer rumor has cropped up. We're probably not going to have time to cover that tonight, and we'll probably cover that Thursday, assuming we've got time. Um, but Richard Dimmler points out we are the best team in South Yorkshire. They say it when we walk out every week. We are currently the pride of South Yorkshire. <laughs> um, best it, goal it, it, it's there above me, look. Pride of South Yorkshire. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, we currently have the second best goal difference in the championship, having played a game less. Um, only Blackburn, who are top of the league, have a better goal difference than us. Uh, all these little things that are just minor, but I'm going to take them whenever we can. Because no, 100%. It. You've got to take them while they're there. Correct. Yep. Um, right, let's move ahead. We've got an hour and seven minutes, and we haven't even really talked about the Preston game. So let's talk about the Preston game. Um, we go to Deepdale for the first time in a couple of years. We've won the last three games against Preston, 2-1, all three of them, um, which is an interesting stat. Um, let's start with the ref watch, because that's going to upset Mick. No the referee is Oliver Langford. Oh, um, God. Now, he didn't... Oh. Have... <laughs> he did. Oh. Uh, last season, it was a 1-0 win at home to Cheltenham, the home win to Cheltenham, um, which was insignificant refereeingly. Um, he loves a yellow card. His stats from last season were he gave 145 yellow cards in 36 Jeez games. Christ. Um, which I had to double check, and now I've said it, I'm going to double check that again, but I'm almost certain that is right. The noteworthy performance was in the COVID season, and I'll take his picture down. When we played QPR away and Matt all of a sudden got scythed down, mm. he didn't give the penalty. Um, yeah, that was the. I think it was the last time he refereed us. Um, so, with good reason, he might have got better. He might have improved. Come on, who who was improved as a referee? He might have. You never know. Give a lot a chance. Look at Mick trying to give benefit of the doubt to a referee. A 64 million comment. That is fantastic. He's got one in face you want to slap with a shovel. That's harsh. <laughs> I get it. That's harsh. Um, talk, are you talking about me there, Grace, or referee? <laughs> um, oh, just God. to clarify, that, that 145 yellow cards in one season is correct. That wow. I've verified that. He has refereed one game this season and he's already given out five yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, we don't promote betting on this show, but if you have got a betting account and you can bet on yellow cards, no there's going to be at least a couple. Yeah, at no least a couple. Um, yeah. So there we go. Uh, what other stats do we have? Uh, fifth, on Tuesday will be Victor Johansson's 50th appearance, 50th league appearance. Wow. With Rodham United. Wow. Um, he celebrates that goal by going back to the stadium where he got kicked in the face. Yeah, well, why, why wouldn't you? What, what way to celebrate? It's <laughs> time for your revenge. Kick them in the face this time. <laughs> yeah, especially if Chet Evans is playing, kicking it. Yeah, um, you might make, get booked for it, but it'll be right. If it's only a booking, keepers are allowed to get booked. It's fine. Mm. Uh, I don't think Victor's been booked yet, so that would be a good way to celebrate his um, thing. It's get a booking anyway. Um, and as mentioned by Holly early on. Preston's games so far have been nil-nil, nil-nil, and one-nil. So they're yet to concede, but they yet to only scored one goal mm. in those mm. games. And from that point of view, Mick, we're very good defensively. We have been very good defensively in the yeah, two yeah. games so far. It's been the Port Vale game. We've been mm. very good defensively. 
they're clearly pretty good defensively. It's got nil-nil of it in all over it, to be honest with you. Yeah, listen, I'll settle for that. I'll have that. I'll draw our away games and win our home games. Happy days. Um, yeah, it has. It's, it, that, that would appear to be where the, where the clever money is going to go, isn't it? Um, but, uh, you know, they played, they played Luton and... Luton, Wigan and Hull. Yeah. I... I we are very, very dangerous going forward. And if, if like Ollie said, they've got a couple of centre-backs there that can easy, get turned easily, then if there's two players in this division that are going to turn them at the moment, it's, it's Chiro, Benny and Connor Washington. Yeah. Um, so that there's a high likelihood of us getting in behind. So we'll have to wait and see. I, 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 listen, I'll take a draw any time. I'll take a draw now, personally. Yeah, uh, Paul Brock says uh, it means it's going to be four-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, the only this, yeah. there's, there's not many questions on selection, Danny, but there are a couple. Uh, Richard Wood is one of the one of the ones that you would say we're, we're going to end up playing three games in a week here. We, we've we've mm-hmm. just played Rainwave. I, I thought it would come off on an hour, Woody. I thought he'd bring Pelty on and keep Hall on. I was surprised he kept him on, but he kept him on for ninety minutes. We've then got Preston. We've then got QPR. Woody's not going to play all three of those games. Or he's un- I don't think he is. So, would you take him out this one? Do you leave him until Q? Do you, do you then leave him in and take him out for QPR? I- we don't know, but what would you think is going to happen? Um, I'm trying to tune into Paul Warren's radio waves. <laughs> um, I think because of the start we've had so far, it might be a case of getting as many points on the board as possible early doors. Because we know when we, we know that we're going to have a little bit of a break for the World Cup this year. So that could be our recovery period. So it could be, you know, just go full force as quickly as we can, get as many points on the board as we can. Uh, and, it, and if we think like that, probably go for the same start in 11 or maybe like one or two changes if they're a bit sore or, you know, this, that and other. But reading into it with Grant Hall coming off, mm. that could mean that we were saving him for the Preston game, played the full 90 with Woody. So then Woody may miss the Preston game, Grant Hall may come into the middle, and then Peltier come onto the right hand side, potentially. Yeah. Um, but if, if, if it was me and we've got a working formula where we've seen how well we can play, I would say stick to it. Mm. You know, and like I say, get as many points on the board as possible. Like another player which um, might be a doubt was Washington. If he'd have played a four ninety, I would have said maybe Kelly would have come in. But we took him off for Kelly in this game. So it's like, well, he's probably going to be starting against Preston then. And yeah. he's come in after a dead leg, played n- nearly an hour, and played really well. And then we've took him off mm-hmm. to rest him. All right, it helped with winning four nil. So we could rest players, which may have changed the game plan for Tuesday. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, stick to the winning formula. Stick to the winning formula until you can't through fatigue or you can't because you've lost two in a row. That's my thinking behind it, anyway. Yeah, and I suppose, Mick, it was four nil, and we took the gas off so much. There mm. wasn't really much energy, too much energy exerted in the in the second half. So, from Chio's no. point of view, we know how we've, the Chio's hamstrings need protecting quite a lot. Mm. He didn't have to exert himself, so I, I, although he didn't come off, he almost had a bit of a rest whilst on the pitch. So yeah. that helped, hopefully, help with the, the the management of his fitness. I'm going to same team Tuesday. 
I'll keep it short. I, I'm going to the same team at the moment. Um, let's get some points on the board. Yeah. So it's key at the moment. Nobody knows. Nobody understands. Everybody seems to think that we're just going to play the same way we've always played. We're just going to oof it long. That, that's fine. Let's get on with it. And let's let's get what we can get early doors and, uh, and we'll take it from there. That's my view. I don't, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. It, it could be a case of smash and grab until the World Cup. Rest, yeah. recover, reevaluate, and then go again until the end of the season. Mm. I mean, it, it could work out very well having the rest for the World Cup because it could right. help us. But, mm. you know, that's a conversation for later. <laughs> We'd use some luck after COVID last time. We need something to help us, don't we? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I think we've only played Ryan Lowe once as, as an opposition manager when he was at the first game of last season of the Plymouth. Um, and they did try and play out from the back and they couldn't play out mm. from the back. Other than that, I think they were, built a decent team, but they played hands, their hands a lot, didn't they, on day mm. one last year? Yeah, yeah. So if he does that, fingers again, crossed. Keep, again, keep going, Ryan. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great tactic, Ryan. If you're listening, <laughs> I, I, I need that. You don't need any other plan. Plan A, it will work every time. Yeah. If we come away tomorrow with um, Tuesday, sorry, with a two or three nil win. Get ready for a giddy podcast on Thursday. Get ready. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we will be so giddy if that happens. Um, right, let's give some predictions because it's red hot. Uh, Mick? Nil-nil. Uh, Nil-nil. Thought so. Uh, Ollie went 1-0 to Preston. Danny? Um, I'll go positive. I'll say 1-0 to Rotherham. Right style. I'm going to go 2 2 because it'd be typical just to be a go to score. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I think every Rotherham fan would take a draw. I think probably Paul Warren would take it. He's not going to set up for a draw, obviously. Uh, but if you offered him a draw now, he'd take one. Mm, yeah. Five points in three games would be would be a, a brilliant return. I mean, I mean to be fair, four points from three games is a really good return as well. It's true. It's not a bad return at all, no. No. Uh, just imagine seven though. So, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna find a way to calm down. To be honest, with you. Um, when we lose three nil on Tuesday, I'll be crying. Yeah. Um, in the comments, Jamie says two nil to us. Um, our primary UK says two one to us. Essex formula says two one to us. Washington and Kelly. Andy Hunt says one two. Cheryl Stern says one two to us. Kim Hayward says one one. Ian Corkle says nil one to the Millers. Neil Tillis is 3-1. Again, I'm loving the positivity in the chat. Yeah, 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 get in. Get in. Yeah. I'll take any of them scores, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I would, to be honest. Preston are a championship team, and this this is a good match for us to see where mm. we are. If we mm. go there and dominate them, and even if we dominate them and draw 1-1 or lose 1-0, that's a bar. That's where we're setting ourselves. Mm. Maybe you can't tell because they are not probably not great. This is... We know where Preston are. We all know where Preston are, don't we? They're a yeah, mid-table yeah. championship team. So if we can go there and, and put them under pressure, and that's, that's, a, that's a marker. That would be a marker, proper yeah, marker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. uh, so that's where we are. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Make sure you leave the reactions up there if you want to watch it and get upset at Ben. That's up for you to watch. <laughs> you can have a laugh at the B that's at the end. Yeah, the B disagreed with him. There's a B at the end who got upset about his awful defending comment and chased Ben off camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, just worth watching for that. Um, mm. We are on Tuesday post game. We are, because there's no instant reaction because the away games are impossible to film. We're going to do a Twitter space. 
uh, which you've looked, if you're on Twitter, you will have seen other people doing Twitter spaces. So we, post post game, twenty minutes half an hour, after, twenty minutes after the game, we'll be putting a live space on Twitter, which you can join in, you can listen to, you can join in if you can request to speak um, and get involved. It's like a praise of grumble type thing, but through Twitter specifically for the Rotherham game. Um, I'll be on, Mick will be on, Danny will very likely be on, or there'll be on coach on the way home. Yeah, my microphone might be a bit blown out, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so follow us, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll basically get a notification that, of, of when we're going to go, when we are going to go live, or it should do anyway. Um, we will be back on Thursday for a review, a full review of the Preston game and look ahead to QPR to probably the most expensive away day of the season. Uh, <laughs> QPR. Um, assuming we don't get a playoff final, obviously. Assuming we don't get a playoff final, then you know, yeah, or FA Cup final, League Cup final, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Paul Brock, I did question Danny the vlog. I know Danny had a good night out on Saturday night, mm. so rightly celebrated a 4 0 win. That's why there's no vlog today. Yeah, uh, but is the one coming? Yes, as soon as I've as soon as we've gone off on air, I will and I've had my tea. I'll have a sit down and do the vlog, so it should be up tomorrow morning. Monday morning cheering up for you. Uh, yeah, all day tomorrow, isn't it? I'm looking yeah. forward to typing in that four nil on the thumbnail. Oh, believe <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, in, I say enjoy these while they don't last forever. Forever, uh, these wins do enjoy them while they are here. Uh, as I've all said, subscribe. Make sure you've five starters on iTunes, Spotify, and subscribe on there if, if that's where you're listening to us. Uh, Mick, Danny, I've enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's been mint. Hopefully, we can do something similar on Thursday in a much more similarly positive fashion. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, thank you, everybody. And like I said, we'll see you Thursday. Thank you very much. Cheers. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, here's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.